You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's been a couple days. It's been a while. Calls have been lacking a little bit. And then uh, I made an, a grave error. I tried to be slick. I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to start pre-recording this a little bit. I had like four calls. I'm like, I'm just going to I'm just going to respond to those four. And then as more come in, I'll just respond to those. And then um, computer was acting kind of slow. And I was like, I'm going to restart this computer. And then it was all gone. So I have to re-answer some of these. But fortunately for you, I don't remember anything. So this will be like hearing it for the first time for both of us. <laughs> um. I did have to go back and listen to what the last call of the last episode was. So I think I got this correct as far as who's next. If you've heard these calls already, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure we're on point. So why don't we just get started here? Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. What's up? Uh, first, I was just going to vent a little bit. Do um, it. Like some of the callers have. Let's do it. I just get tired of our, our coach after a loss talking about we should have uh, run the ball more, given more touches to our running backs. Seems like after after a lot of uh, uh, defeats, uh, those are the words that seem to come out of his mouth, and that's very frustrating. And then I thought, well, maybe the message, you see, he's saying that to get a message to Aaron, who's changing the plays, but then Aaron and his press conference is also saying that they need to have more touches. So I, I get very confused when the two people responsible for uh, making the play calls are, are saying the same thing. And Yeah, I'd interject here for just a second. Um, I have the same issue. And again, I kind of chalk it up to just not understanding the whole flow of the game thing. It seems to me that with the amount of people you have working on your staff, the, the message should have gotten to you that you need to run the ball more. But there's something about just being in the moment and what feels right in that particular instance or whatever. I don't know. But they, they both seem to... It, what it seems like they're doing is after the game, they look at all the stats kind of like we do and go, oh, wow, that's all we did, running the ball? That's surprising. But that shouldn't be the case. In fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't the case. I'm pretty sure they're both well aware that they're not running the ball enough. So what is happening in this game that makes them think we're not running the ball? And running is, is successful. It's working. We're not doing it enough. We need to do it more. Uh, next play, pass play. I just, I, I, I know they're not that stupid, but there's, there's just a gap between what's happening in my understanding of how things work. So I don't, I don't know. It's very confusing to me. But they should be able to put something in place to make sure this isn't an issue, you would think than just not doing what seems very obvious to the right. rest of us. Um, and it seems also like if we were running, it might have slowed down that pass rush a little bit to, to right. honor the run. They weren't biting on the uh, play action at all. Um, and our numbers clearly show that the running game was effective. So just confused. I don't know. Um, 
And then I, I also get frustrated. I think you mentioned why there isn't a follow-up from the media uh, during those press conferences about what were you thinking? Why didn't you do that? Um, what was kind of the logic? So I wish those, we had better follow-up questions sometimes in those press conferences. Okay, enough of that. Um, by the time this airs, you, uh, we already may have an answer, but with Chris Barnes being out, we obviously have McDuffie. I'm assuming Wilborn will be moved up from the practice squad, but I think I thought he was the only linebacker on there. So any other thoughts from you on what we might do um, with uh, the linebacker role, given that situation? Take care. Keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah, so just to kind of conclude that last thought, um, as far as follow-up questions or whatever, you know, I, I wouldn't be confrontational about it because, again, I'm assuming it's a gap in my understanding as opposed to them being just complete idiots. Although, again, I, I'm sure there's something they could do to do a better job. But I would be curious just from a straight-up standpoint of, um, you know, explain it to me because I'm, I'm an idiot and I don't understand. Explain it to me in a way that, that I could understand it. Um, and, yes, we do have a pretty good understanding of what's going on with linebacker uh, Quay's been practicing all week. This call is from Tuesday, so I'm sure you already know Craig. But um, yeah, I, I, it seems as though Quay's good to go. So that is fantastic news for the linebackers. We are a little thin though because I think you know McDuffie's next man up. So hopefully those guys can stay healthy because, as I said, I'm pretty sure there seems to be a pretty big gap in uh, in talent. Hey Ryan, uh, thanks for the vine. This is Six, six Pack Daddy. Hey, um, my Christian name is Matt. No. I am 51 years old, and I don't have any any tattoos. Okay. But I will tell you this. I've had quite enough of the pace of play of the Packers' offense. I don't see any urgency. All I see is Aaron Rodgers playing like Pickle Monster with the play clock. Yep. I, I don't see ever, ever like a no-huddle thing going on. I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm emotional about this. It's fine, um, I get it. I never even see like muddle huddle. Right. Like, I don't see anything other than this slow plotting thing. It's like, it's like the offense is playing defense. Right. It's like, it's like the offense is playing defense while they're on offense. Um, I recognize like I'm not as smart as Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm 51 years old and uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm worked up and I'm just, I'm emotional about this. But I want the offense to take it to them. This is right. this is football. Yep. This is this is not chess. Um, you know, like I subscribe to the NFL Sunday ticket. I don't subscribe to the chess Sunday ticket. Valid point. Um, I don't know. I just I just want I want this thing like sped up and more I guess savage. All right. Sorry. Got to go. Bye. First of all, I just want to say. Um, some people have a sense of humor that I find, uh, it's almost like British humor in a way. It's very dry and subtle, but it's hilarious. I don't know what it is. We've got a couple callers that every time I see their name come up, it's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. In fact, most of the callers for different reasons. There's, there, everybody's got just a personality. You know what I mean? I like that. You know what you're getting, whether it's six pack daddy, scuba Steve, Mike, the Super Packer fan, Packer Super fan, excuse me, giving us a Sammy Watkins update. Joe, the janitor, telling us about his his brother-in-law and how much he hates his family. John just trolling everybody, giving us trolling updates. You know what I mean? We got those gritty Alaska folks 
Sound like they just came in from chopping down multiple trees and fighting off bears to come talk to us about the Packers. I enjoy doing this. We got Brett, Britt, Brad, you know, it's all good stuff. Um, you're right, though, about the pace of play, man. It's um, I, don't, I don't I don't know. I don't get it. I don't I get very annoyed with, uh, you know, I'm Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur doing everything they can to get the perfect play. And and, and listen, I think they do a great job of of setting things up because again the offense really did a good job i'm sure it's partially matt lafleur calling a good play and partially aaron Rodgers diagnosing things so that the end result is somebody's wide open now granted we didn't get to see the ball go to that guy because usually pressure or something else but still it looked good so i i appreciate that we have a very smart head coach and a very smart quarterback to make sure that everybody's in the right spot and we we get the best possible play that there is i don't like that we get to the line with five seconds left and then Aaron Rodgers has to diagnose things. And then Aaron Rodgers has to, uh, you know, start calling, calling out different things to different guys. There's, you know, I kind of miss the hurry up offense days a little bit, but when you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you want him to use that big old brain muscle. I just don't like him getting to the huddle late, forgetting that the play clock exists. And then when, a, when we burn a timeout, he acts like it's everybody else's fault. That's the one thing that would be nice if that just didn't happen anymore. Granted, I know he gets frustrated sometimes the play doesn't come in fast enough, and these plays take about 45 seconds to spit out, but, you know, whatever. Hi, Ryan. It's Jake. I was just listening to the newest episode of Packing Night After Dark, and you were just saying how you wanted to pummel Hi, Jake. The Bears super bad. Yes. I live in Utah. I just wanted to give an example. On the first game of the season this year, the Utah Utes. I'm sorry. Oh, there's something something weird about you saying, you know, I wanted to, I, the fact that you live in Utah and you're going to give me an example of pummeling somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens in Utah. I'm not, I'm not implying anything about Utah. It's just the fact that I don't know anything about Utah and you draw a parallel between, never mind. Never. It's fine. It's, I'm sorry. They lost a game that they were supposed to win. Everybody thought they were going to win. Super yep. easy. And then the next game they come out. They win their next game 73-7. to I know it's not the same opponent level as Florida, but that's the type of rebound game that I want. I want 73 points, 7 points for the other team, and just to absolutely destroy the Bears. Smash on their head, smash on their face, curb stomp them, and just remind them how badly they suck and where their place is. Thank you. By the way, that surprises me coming from Utah. That's I don't I don't usually picture like curb stomping. I don't know. Has there if I were to take a poll right now, yes or no, has there ever in the history of the world been a curb stomping in Utah? I don't think so. I don't think there's ever been one. Um, but I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. I want it to be completely savage. Talk about it a little bit tomorrow because I'm going over all the games and everything, and obviously we're gonna get to the Packers Bears. It's at the very end, but you know. Um, I think it's, I think everything's on the table for the Packers to do it. I think they have more than enough offense to be able to score a ton of points. And more importantly, I really want the defense to embarrass this team as much as their defense is probably better than their offense. Bears fans take pride in their offense. They, they really love if no other, if nothing else, Darnell Mooney, but I think they really like their wide receivers. They are massively in love with Justin Fields. There, there's so much man love going on in Chicago with Justin Fields. They love their running back, Montgomery. They really like Cole Komet, which is shocking to me. 
I want them to be embarrassed. Now, if we can't score points, that still kind of sucks. I mean, if it's if it's like a low-scoring 13-7 to 7 game or something, you know, we're going to come out of that with our head hanging. But more than anything, I want to win the game, and I want the Bears to score little to no points. I, I, I'm sure that's not going to happen, but I just, I want it to be a violent, I mean, as you put it, violent. It's going to be somewhat disappointing. Don't get me wrong. The last time we played them, we beat them 45 to 30. I'll take it because then it's, you know, hey, kudos to our, uh, kudos to our offense kind of showing everybody wrong or whatever. But that's going to be disappointing because this is supposed to be an elite defense and the Bears offense is supposed to suck. And we just proved both of those things wrong here. Can't happen. If I had to choose between like 21-0 or 45-30, give me 21-0. The 21 will be disappointing, but the zero is what I want. I want them to be embarrassed. They put the bear in embarrassed. (laughs) I'm going to drop that stupid line too. Just because it's so cheesy, it's going to extra tick them off. You know what I mean? Like because it's a horrible joke, it's going to make them even more mad about it. That's so stupid. Just like a pack of It's going to be great. Hey, caller number five again. Hey, man. Again, no energy to do an accent. That's fine. uh, I don't have much football today. Um, We should win by 20 points. Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are both going to score their first touchdown. Yes. And I will be upset if the game is close at any point. Let me just say, I love the energy I'm getting from Pack. Last week, there was none of this, including for me. I, I had said at some point that I, it's kind of like 49-51, and even that was generous. It was like 45-55 in favor of the Vikings that they were going to win once we found out that the offensive line was going to be as bad as it was. I, I was, I don't want to say confident that the Vikings were going to win, but it, it just I was leaning in that direction, and I think a lot of Packer fans were. Even if it wasn't leaning in the favor of the Vikings, they, they, it, was, it was 50-50, 49-51, you know, it was close. This is bravado and i dig it and i really hope we get rewarded for it i really do i want it i need it i like it i love it i want some more of it i don't know the rest of the words doesn't matter probably doesn't apply but i agree win by 20 not close at any what are the parameters let's just do this i'm sorry i'm hijacking your call here but what are the parameters number one it's i'm not gonna say it's not close for the entire game because i will grant the packers at least you know the ability to score that first touchdown without doing it on the opening kickoff, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it'll be 0-0, be tied for a little bit, but Packers go up. So the Packers have to get the first score. I'm not going to tolerate losing to the Bears at any point in this game. Once the Packers generate enough of a lead, let's say seven points, they never get within seven points again. So if the Packers drive down and score a touchdown, the Bears cannot score again at least not on that next drive, because then it would be less than seven. So the Packers have to score before the Bears are allowed to score a second time. Win by 20, not close at any point, which we've kind of described the parameters. Packers score first. Bears offense cannot reach 20 points. I think sub 20 is a fair a fair score. The high level expectation is sub 10 or, or 10 maximum. But I think, you know, a, a good defense in Lambeau, against the Chicago Bears, sub-20. And I think for the Packers, it's 30-plus. So 20-30 to is the worst-case scenario, and the Bears never get within seven once the Packers score that first touchdown. Does that sound fair to everyone? Can we agree on that? We can kind of refine that and tweak some things, but I think that sounds fair. And I did say sub-20, but, you know, 20-30, to let's just say, is absolute worst-case scenario. Sorry, continue. Uh, that's all I got for football. 
But I wanted to do a shout out to the rest of the team, um, specifically Clayton. Um, first of all, JJ and Jacob are awesome, so uh, no disrespect to them. I just wanted to talk about Clayton and his sayings. I don't know where he gets these sayings, but they are hilarious. I almost fell out of my chair when he said, um, it's like a fart in a fan factory <laughs> the other day. Oh, man. So keep it up. Uh, he's also got great football insight. I, I love the um, chalk talk stuff. Um, but if he could just throw in one time, this is directly to you, Clayton, if you're listening. If you could throw in one time, uh, I need Jair to cover J- uh, Justin Jefferson like moss on a Mississippi tree stone. Yes. Uh, that would just make my whole day. Uh, yes. But anyway, that's all. Just a shout out to your team, man. You had a great crew over there. So, yeah, go pack. Cover his like tidy whities I will cover his like moss on a Mississippi tree stump. Was how I put it not clear enough? I mean, you had to go and make up your own saying. Caller number five, I appreciate that shout-out, and I will do my best to make sure Clayton gets that request and that he drops that line just for you, because I'll be honest, I kind of want to hear that too. Mike, what do you got from me, man? Mikey? Hey, Ryan. Hey, there he is. super fan, a.k.a. Okay. I just want to touch base with you quick. Uh, just listened to your podcast this morning. Um, want to follow up on, on a couple things. First of all, your your whole uh, emphasis on the running game and uh, Aaron Jones and uh, um, A.J. Dillon is absolutely spot on. Let me give you a number that I think is going to be important moving forward for the Packers. 32. That's the number of touches I think that those two men, those two running backs have got to have every single game, minimum, whether it's a pass or or, or a rushing attempt, 32 okay. between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. The games where they get to 32, they're going to win those games. Yep. The games when they don't get to 32, they will not win those games. That's my prediction. Um there's no question this offense has got to figure this out quickly. They don't have a lot of time. They've got the Bears coming up, and then they got to turn around and go down to Tampa and play Tampa. And if they don't figure this out quickly, they could very easily be 0-3 to start the season. Now we're all going to be talking about a whole different scenario here. So, again, the number's 32, Ryan. we got to keep talking about it. And one other thing real quick, too. All these po- – I, I listen to a lot of – Packer podcast. Yours is number one, obviously, but I listen to a lot of other ones as well. And I am getting so tired of all the discussion about, you know, as soon as we get the tackles back, as soon as we get the tackles, as soon as we get Bakhtiari back, as soon as we get Elton Jenkins back. Guys, we got to get off of that. I think he got cut off because he called back. Um, let me um, Let me expand on your rushing attempt thing. First of all, you're right. The, the Packers have never lost a game since the Matt LaFleur era when they've run the ball 32 times. In fact, I'm curious if I go back far enough. Do you know the most rushing attempts in a game was 64? Man. We lost in, this, in 1978 when we ran the ball 54 times. So if we go later, let's say since 1980? Nope, 1984, we lost 39 attempts. But, man, we used to run the ball a lot back in the day. It's crazy. We and and we really don't run the ball like at all anymore. <laughs> it's like thirty-two is is a really unreachable number for the Packers these days. Almost never happened since Matt Lafleur got here. But uh, what if we do nineteen ninety? It's really unnecessary. I'm just curious. Since nineteen ninety, well, we lost to the Patriots. We ran thirty-eight times back in twenty ten. 
So yeah, I don't know if there's ever a perfect thing. Anyways, here's here's the deal. It's true since Matt Lafleur got here that your number holds up, but we don't even need to go that high. That's really not even necessary. Um, if we go to 29 attempts, the Packers are undefeated since Matt Lafleur got here. We've never lost a game with 29 attempts. In fact, I can tell you exactly where the line is if you're curious. The line is 22, not 32. Now, I, I would love for you to call back and explain the 32 because you, you have that very well pegged for a reason. But I'm telling you, 22 attempts is 100,000% the cutoff. When we run the ball 22 times in a game, we're talking 55 games here. So this is not a small sample size. 22 attempts or more. The Packers are 41 and 4. Nope, that doesn't hold up. Hold on. <laughs> the math doesn't check out on that. What are we talking about? It's got to be 39 and 4. Nearly undefeated. If you drop just one carry down to 21 or less, the Packers are 2 and 10. If we don't get to 22 carries, we're sitting at like a 16% chance of winning. We have a... Again, the math doesn't hold up. What? It doesn't matter. <laughs> My brain is fried, I guess. It's, 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 so it's crazy how that line is just, it's, it's dead on. I mean, it's all win, 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 win. And as soon as you drop below 22, it's all loss, 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 all the way down. One of our wins with 19 carries is against Minnesota. We barely won that game by three. The only convincing win with almost no rushing attempts was uh, 2021 against Washington. We beat them 24-10. That's kind of the weird anomaly. The most rushing attempts we've ever had and lost was 28. So yeah, 32 for sure. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We got 12 games, 12 and 0 with 32. 16 and 0, 31 or more. 18 and 0, 30 or more. 20 and 0, 29 or more. And I, I, I'm fully aware, well, yeah, you run the ball more when you're up big or whatever. Now, I understand that. But that's not all that it is. We've seen that in many of our losses. In this last game, if you ask the Packers, it was, well, the, the game got away from us, so we got away from the run. That's not exactly true. I think the Packers panicked and refused to run, and it caused us a lot of problems. We probably lost the game. Had we, let me just ask you, if we'd run the ball more, do, we, do you think we had a better chance of winning? The answer is yes. So that isn't true in that case. But even in the other games, a lot of times, it's that you can't establish the run that's the problem. I, I'll, I'll concede that you probably, some of these games, the, the attempts just got kind of racked up because you're, you're dominating the game and whatever, trying to burn the clock at the end. But a lot of these games are really close. In fact, every game so far that I'm looking at, there's a couple of big ones, but most of these are one-score games. So anyways, again, call back and let me know um, where you got the number from. But anyways, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and catch the second half of Mike's call here. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan, Packers super fan again. Sorry, hey. I, my call dropped. Um, uh, in regards to the tackles, you know, looking at a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of articles, and I keep hearing all this talk about when we're going to get the tackles back, you know, this week. The, we've got to get off of that. Uh, until those, one of those two or both of those players are actually on the field, I don't see any reason to even keep discussing it because I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Jenkins, this pectoral muscle, this is going to be a while. And Bakhtiari, who knows if he'll ever play again. So, you know, until we see the whites of their eyes, I think we just need to get off of this this idea that somehow these two guys are just magically going to end up in the starting lineup. It's not happening. It's not happening this week. It probably isn't going to happen next week. Anyway, have a great day. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, so some positive developments, although with David Bakhtiari, you never really know because it seems like it's always positive. And then it's like, is he playing? Like, no, not this week. It's like, well, he's got to be close. And we've been doing that for over a year now. Um, so I have no idea about him. Um, as far as Jenkins, I'm to the point right now, first of all, the pectoral muscle thing, he came off of that. He doesn't, that's not an issue for him. I don't believe anymore. That wasn't on his injury report this week. So that's a good sign. I don't know if he just strained it or what, but, um, he was a full participant on Friday on well today. And I tend to think that that's, I, I think he's going to play. I'm, I'm like, let's say 60, 65% sure he's going to play like 75, 80% sure Lazard is going to play at like 35% for David Bakhtiari. I mean, he did full, he was full go this week. I, I'm guessing they're going to hold him out one more week because it's the bears. I mean, one more week, you know, whatever that means. And then also question about uh, John Runyon. I don't think he's going to play. You know, I'm 45% that he plays maybe. Because again, he was he was limited. He's questionable. We'll see what happens. But I'm actually above 50% for Lazard and Jenkins playing. Just again, because they were full participant and everything. So fingers crossed. We'll see. But I, I get I get your point. I mean, we, we need to accept the team for what it is looking forward. You know, as of right now, these are not our tackles. And when they become our tackles, great. 
but um, trying to pretend that the Packers are better than they are because we have these tackles that someday they're going to play and we're going to be great is no different than, you know, Bears fans saying someday Justin Fields is going to be great and then we're going to be a great franchise. Like, well, let's see it first and then we'll then we'll cross that bridge. Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's Scuba Steve. Hey, Scuba Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. You? Well, good. Good. Yeah. I'm not doing so good. Oh, Actually, no. I need some marital advice. Oh, um, great. Well, I don't want you to get in the middle of it. I don't want to either. But I do either. want you to get between my wife and me <laughs> and just tell us who you think is right. <laughs> oh, um, well, for instance, I thought it would be a good idea to uh, set the trampoline up uh-huh. And have the kids get outside yeah. and jump around. Right. So don't you think that's a good idea? Hmm. Well, my yeah, wife, uh, she thought okay. that was a bad idea because I put the trampoline next to the house yeah. so the kids could jump off the roof right. and onto the trampoline. Right. No, but, I, I well, get it. another thing is I thought it would be a good idea to take my wife out to get some food to eat. Sure. Great idea. But so, what do you think? Good idea? Yeah, no, sounds wonderful, romantic. Well, and, my yeah. wife, she thought it was a bad idea because she said going to Sam's Club and eating all the fruit samples <laughs> that don't count as a meal. Well, but okay. Well, one, one idea my wife thought was good. Yeah. She said, "I think it's a good idea because we have four kids is to have five kids." Mm. I wasn't so sure about mm-hmm. that. Right. And um, well, Ryan, you want to guess how many kids we have now? <laughs> five. No, Ryan, we don't have five kids. We have six kids, Ryan. Oh, six man. kids. Um, well, we had twins at the last time. That's not even a joke. <laughs> we had twins. Man, that's six. You can't even count how many kids I have on one hand. But, yeah, it, it did turn out to be a good idea because I, I do like my kids okay and all. So, all right, Ryan, thanks for your marriage advice. Bye. Well, interestingly enough, um, I think – your wife and I are probably on the same page a little bit more, and you and my wife are a little bit more on the same page. Um, I'm very anti-trampoline. Never really liked him when I was a kid. Never got into it. And as an adult, all I see is raised insurance rates, hospital bills, and lawsuits from the neighbors whose kids snap their neck while jumping on the stupid trampoline. What, what, I, I can't think of one good thing. Well, kids like it. Kids like everything. I watched in a storm, I don't know, three, four, five months ago, a trampoline come barreling down the street, missed my car by a few inches, and smashed into my neighbor's deck and smashed it all up. I could put a sprinkler outside and watch my kids jump through it back and forth, and they love it, and that doesn't cost me anything. I don't have to do anything. It's a piece of cake. And I don't have some insurance adjuster creeping down the street going, what you got there, buddy? As far as Sam's Club, again, same thing. My wife is all about it. I go to Sam's Club, I get some food, or Costco out here, whatever. And she's like, oh, did you get the samples? I'm like, did I get the samples? No. I spent the entire time trying not to make eye contact with this person so that they're not badgering me to eat their food. Over there looking at veggie burgers like, oh, what do we got over here? That's interesting. Oh, well, let me peruse this as I walk past you. Oh, <laughs> excuse me, pardon me. She gathers up all the kids and they go out there and they fill up. So, sorry to tell you, but um, you're 0 for 2 with me, man. Anti-trampoline. And I'm not a big uh, Costco for lunch guy. Now, if you're getting a big old three-pack of ribs to come home and cook up, okay. That's romance. But, um, you know, the ketchup samples, well, I'll pass. Hey, Ryan, been a little bit since I called. A little late calling about the game this past week, but if I called right after, it probably would have been a lot of anger. But I get it. Kind of like you said, I think a lot of the things are fixable, but um, I just wanted to... 
kind of on the same line everybody's been talking about. But, you know, for years it's been the Packers don't go get Rodgers' receiver. Rodgers seems to kind of want that early-round receiver. We go out and get Christian Watson and then to see him drop that first pass, which was his point, but then just to not go to him all day and throw a hissy fit, basically. Not Watson, but Rodgers. The whole game, you know, every time it cuts him on the sideline, he's pouting. And it's just, you know, the, the Packers finally got you what you want, and now you're going to ignore him on the field. It's just a little ridiculous in my book. And I'm not not one of these Rodgers haters, I mean, or like, you know, wanting him to fail because of whatever. It's just, it's starting to get old seeing the way he acts. And, you know, they got you the receiver you want. It's a rookie. Very few rookies are not going to make mistakes like that. You know, say like Justin Jefferson. Even uh, Jamar Chase had big drop issues last year, you know, and everybody he's considered to be really good. So we'd love to see Rodgers stick with him more. You know, you got what you want. Kind of you made your bed type of thing. Give him the opportunities. I don't think he's going to keep dropping him like that. You know, get some confidence up with him. So um, I know everybody talked about it. It's not that you need to talk about it anymore. But those are just my thoughts, and hopefully they fix it. The big, bigger disappointment to me was definitely – the defense, the defense, we've heard how good it's going to be and on paper and all this. And um, there's a lot of talk about Watson, and I know you talk about the defense some, but um, I don't know what your thoughts maybe were on how, like, what the defense needs to do. Is it just communication? Is that the biggest thing you see? Um, or safety is just bad? Uh, so, I don't know. Second year and Joe Barry, we're hoping to see a jump. Seem to go backwards. Uh, give me your thoughts. Love the show. Thanks, man. Um yeah, I mean, Rodgers and LaFleur say the right things, but I would really like it if they'd start just doing the things that they preach. You know, they, they talk a big game about, man, we got some playmakers and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, and we got to just get the ball in their hand, and then they abandon them. And then after the game, they're like, man, we really should have done that. Yeah, I know. And similarly with Christian Watson, you know, and again, I don't know that it was vindictive. Very well could have been, but I don't know that for sure. Either way, you should have gone out of your way to make sure the ball gets back in his hands soon. That little seven-yard end-around run, that should have been done on that drive. Or a screen, or just some other kind of a pass, and you ensure that the ball gets to him. You talk about we got to be patient with these guys, and you know they're talented, and we got to find ways to get the ball in their hands. Do it. You're not going to win without them. Period. You can't just say, well, Dobbs and Watson... And Amari aren't ready, and Sammy's not quite ready. So I think it'll just be me and Lamar, or me and uh, Alan Lazard. I don't know where Lamar came from. I don't even have a Lamar on the team. Lazard, Lamar, I don't know. So, I mean, they, they know what has to happen, but they've just got to do it. Now I got some goofy, scammy text message thing going on at 1030 at night, so that's cool. Um, I'll keep you posted on that. As far as the defense... I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll be completely transparent here. I just don't believe in it. I don't know why. I just don't buy it. Maybe it's just because I've never really seen it, or at least it's been a very long time. Even if you go back to 2010, it's like, eh. I know it was good, but it was just kind of a weird kind of good. You know, it wasn't just like this elite, dominant, every game defense thing. It was kind of a sneaky, surprisingly, hey, did you guys know the Packers actually had a decent deal? Oh, really? I didn't, no, I didn't know that. I just, you know, we, we've had the on-paper defense for many years. Not quite to this degree, but they've underwhelmed every year. And I feel like for even through Dom Capers, you know, years, it was, you know, this year's going to be different. This year's going to be different. This year's going to be different. Oh, man, we got that. that, 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 that. I'm just, it, it's kind of like what Mike said with the, the tackles. Until they're playing, I don't buy it. Until this defense shows me top five, I'm looking at, hey, top 20-ish. How is that possible with Rashawn and with Kenny and with uh, Jair and with Amos and 
with the, the linebackers. And I don't know. I don't know. How is it possible when we had Preston and Zadarius and Kenny and Jair and right? we had the best pass rush in all of football. We had Jair Alexander as our cornerback. We weren't top five. So I don't know. I don't know what it takes to, to put a good defense on the field. I, I know that the, the talent isn't the issue. It's not. Just like I, I tell you every year, the Kansas City Chiefs defense doesn't have a lot of talent. But you know what? They perform better than the Packers have every year. On paper, they've never been, since Matt LaFleur's got here, since 2019, they've never been a better defense on paper. But I'm pretty sure they've, they've performed better than the Packers just about every year. They underachieve every year. I don't know what it's going to take to not have the safeties just completely crap the bed. And then, you know, this week the safeties will play well and, you know, Stokes will completely fall asleep or the pass rush will disappear or something. And I, you know, I don't mean to go full pessimist. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of, of pretending that I believe it's going to happen because I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm, I cannot see it. I can see it on paper. Everybody can. Everybody's talking about it. Talking about Jair, talking about Rashawn, talking about all the guys. Yeah, great. A lot of these guys have been here. So, I mean, I, again, I, I don't mean to just be, I just need to get that off my chest, I guess. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I don't buy it. And I'll believe it when I see it. Heard all through camp, man. That defensive line, boy, you can't stop them. What did they do against the Vikings? What did the coverage do? Nothing. It was, it was an embarrassed, they got embarrassed. Well, it's just week one. Okay, well, even, even last year, we, yeah, they had games where they shut people out. I mean, last year, they gave, week one, they gave up 38. That was a joke. Then they bounced back. They gave up 17 to the Lions, which is pretty good. Granted, it's the Lions. Then they gave up 28, which sucks. Then they gave up 17, which is good. Then 22 to the Bengals is fine. 14 to the Bears. 10 to the Washington is great. I swear, when I don't put my phone on vibrate or something, it's just nonstop. Right, they, had a, they had a real good run. Then Minnesota comes around, we give up 34 points. Then the Rams come in, 28 points. Then after the bye week, we give up 30 to the Chicago Bears, 30 to the Ravens. And then we have a good run. Then we give up 37 to the Lions. You know, it just it's not that I don't believe they're going to have good games. That's not the case. They're going to have games where they figured it out. I think most of the time last year they did. And I don't know that any team really has is perfect across the board, but, you know, less than 24, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games. That's great. The problem is almost every other game was 30 or more. Granted, there's not a lot of space between 22 and 30, but 28, 28, 30, 30, 34, 37, 38. I mean, if, if we call sub-20 a good day, it was mostly either a good day or a bad day. They gave up 21 to the Cardinals, 22 to the Browns, 22 to the Bengals. Every, everything else was either a real good day or a real garbage day. And seven games of giving up too many points. And again, it's not even just that, well, you're not allowed to give up any big... You know, the Chicago Bears, the, the highest point total they had all year was against the Packers. That shouldn't happen if you're the number one defense, period. If you're a top five defense, if you're a top 10 defense, you don't give up the most points of any team of the entire year. Most points the Tampa, the Saints scored all year was against the Packers. Saints' best game all year was against the Packers. Detroit Lions' best game all year, Packers. Vikings' third best game all year, Packers, 34 points. Well, tied for second, actually. Bears' best game all year was against the Packers. This is the problem. Justin Jefferson, you know, he's not going to have a game like that all year. His best game all year is going to be against the Packers. That kind of crap needs to stop. You don't have to be perfect, but stop getting embarrassed for a third of the season every year and then trying to tell me that you're going to be a top five defense. I'm done with it. 
Anyways, uh, we'll get off that. Hello, Packernet. Hey. This voicemail. This is Jason in Arkansas. What's up? Uh, real quick question, since we're short on questions. Um, going into the Bears game, I believe you said that Justin Fields was pressured on 52% of snaps. Would SIS tell you where that pressure was generated from? Like, can you show us where we should expect the Packers to get some pressure? I mean, I don't expect too much out of the Bears' offensive line, but kind of just just curious if we maybe, you know, keep an eye to get some pressure this Sunday. And, uh, man, that's all I got. Keep doing your thing. Go Pack. Appreciate that, Jason, from Arkansas. Um, sorry I didn't get to call your call first. First-time caller. Kudos. Shout-out. I think so. I think I could do it with um, PFF might be a little bit easier to do. So I can see, for example, that three of the eight pressures came from their left tackle, Braxton Jones. Two, two of the, both sacks and, and one hurry came from him. Nobody else gave up more than one pressure. But um, left guard Cody Whitehair gave up one pressure. Sam Mustafer, the center, gave up one hurry. Uh, right guard Tevin Jenkins gave up a hurry. And right tackle Larry Borum. Also gave up a hurry. Um, in addition, is that about it? Anybody else? I don't think so. So just in terms of who gave up actual pressures, the biggest weakness seems to be the left tackle, Braxton Jones, which again makes sense. He's a rookie, fifth-round pick, playing left tackle. Um, you would assume he's going to struggle a little bit. Um, left guard Cody Whitehair had the lowest pass-blocking grade. I don't necessarily expect that to hold up, but I know Bears fans really don't care for him. So... Um, the left side of the line in general seems to be the weakest point, although I don't know that the right side of the line is all that much better. Larry Borum isn't the be- uh, isn't the worst tackle in the world, but he's also not super fantastic. And then right guard Tevin Jenkins slash Lucas Patrick. I know Tevin's been having a good preseason, and he had a good day in the slop fest and everything else, um, but I just don't know how well that's going to hold up. Well, we'll see. Maybe... maybe Maybe this was just a phenomenal pick and he's just going to be a great guard moving forward. I don't know. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. So hopefully that kind of answered your question. Hey, how it's going? It's hey. Britt, B-R-I-T-T, short for Brittany. Hey, Brett. Not Brett or Brad. Oh, hey, hey, Brett. Anyway, I just had two questions for you. I saw earlier on Twitter that the offensive line coach made a comment of, the offensive line is going to be fun, and we'll see what the lineup looks like on Sunday. Do you think that the big six foot seven, three hundred ninety pound offensive lineman, I believe his name is Caleb Jones, and Zach Tom finally get the start on Sunday? And also, I cannot wait for your episode of Laughing at the Enemy yes. Against the Bears. When the Packers beat the Bears twenty-eight to ten, I dig it. Go Pack, go. I dig it. Um, I tell you what, I, I almost mentioned this before, and now you mentioned it here. The score predictions for this game are are similar, at least in terms of how big of a beating it's going to be. Even including my score prediction, which I'm not going to tell you, but it's pretty similar to what you just said, just a little higher on both ends. And um, 
I also asked Patreon and a lot of similar scores to 2810. Um, do I think Caleb Jones and Zach Tom get the start? I don't think so. Um, my Again, my assumption is that Elton Jenkins plays. I don't know that. But if that's the case, we got Elton Jenkins at left guard. Yash is going to stay at right tackle. Um, let's just pretend, though, that we don't have Elton Jenkins. You would assume it's going to be Yash and Royce, but it doesn't have to be. You wonder if the best offensive line in that case would be, and, and let's just pretend that um, John Runyon is also out. So Runyon and the two tackles are out. Yash is our left tackle. Tom has to be our left guard. Josh Myers is going to be our center. Jake Hansen is a liability. What are we going to do about that? Well, we can try Sean Ryan. That probably will be a disaster based on the preseason. Or we can put Royce back at right guard. But if you put Royce back at right guard, who in the world would be our right tackle? Well, you could say Zach Tom, but he's currently playing left guard. Who's next? Caleb Jones. The question is, though, do they trust Caleb Jones to play right tackle more than they trust Jake Hansen to play right guard, which I know a lot of fans, well, of course, he played terribly as a, as a right guard. Okay, well, it was week one. They really like the guy. They really trust him. I know Caleb looked good in the preseason, which kind of, sort of, maybe means a little bit, but not much. But I think it's a stretch. But maybe. Mike? Hi, there he is. Packers super fan. Hey. Hey, Ryan. A Friday prediction. All right. So I've got, uh, I think uh, this is going to be a get-right game for the Packers this week. I've got them 34-16. See what I mean? Packers. Now, I think one of the big things that's going to make that possible this week is I just think that uh, hopefully both Aaron and and the offensive uh, uh, coaching staff have learned their lesson from last week. And hopefully you're going to see A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones get a lot more touches in this game. Um, I called in earlier in the week, and I talked about the number 32. 32 is the number. 32 touches between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's what they need to shoot for if they want to win these games. Um, Just going to be really important. The only thing that concerns me is I know in one of the press conferences earlier this week, uh, Matt LaFleur said something about the fact that they're being mindful of how much they're using those two because they do not have – a third running back on the roster, that's complete garbage. <laughs> I mean, come on. If you need a third running back on that roster to use Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon the way you need to use them, then you need to call one of them up immediately. Um, this is, there's no excuse for that. They've got to be a big part of the game plan this week. They need to run the ball right down the Bears' throat, right from the very start. Don't let up. All gas, no break. Like I said, 34-16 Packers. Thanks. So, first of all, that's nearly identical to my score prediction. You're off by one point for each team, but it's exactly the same. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the rushing attempts thing. I will say this. We'll we'll expand it out a little bit because... um, You uh, mentioned the, the 32 thing. Expanding out beyond just the Packers. Looks like in the last two years or so, it's um, 167 wins, 21 losses, and three ties when a team runs at least 35 times. By the way, I'm really starting to recognize how how little the Packers run the ball. 
Because like I said, it's it's very rare that the Packers even do that. And I'm looking at across the league. I mean, there's, jeez, uh, there's hundreds. <laughs> I, I went back like five years and there were just too many. And I was like, okay, let's keep bringing it down, bringing it down, bringing it down. I finally just did two. There's 191 games throughout two years in which teams ran at least 35 times. There are um, 64 games where teams ran it 40 or more times. And you've also got Philadelphia last year against New Orleans, ran it 50 times. And Baltimore, not surprisingly, against Cincinnati in 2021, um, 54 times. In fact, we can do it this way. How many times has a team actually done that? The Packers aren't too bad. They've done it four times and they're 4-0 and when they've done it uh, is it, did I set it to 32 or 35? I did it 35. Uh, let's do 32. Let's go back to 2019 for the sake of, of interest here. Green Bay is pretty much middle of the pack. They rank 17th. They're 12-0 and when they've run 32 or more times. But there are actually uh, a bunch of teams that haven't even run it 10 times. Jacksonville Jaguars, surprisingly, considering the lack of quarterback play, although I suppose it's because they're down so much, but only three times have they reached that mark. Baltimore's done it 35 times, and they're 28-7 and seven in that span. But there's actually not a ton of undefeated teams, to be honest. There's not as many as I thought. Buffalo, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Houston, Miami, Carolina, Kansas City, and Jacksonville are the only undefeated teams. And the only teams with double-digit games would be Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and Buffalo that are undefeated. Anyways, again, you've aroused my curiosity. Call back in, let me know what it is with that number that's got you all hot and bothered. Just curious. It feels random, but it very obviously is not. But you got a 34-16, again, very, very similar. You can probably guess my point total when I tell you that it's one point different in either direction. At least you got a one and four shot. But uh, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.